Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda Yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Okay, so we've got a unique class for tonight. Um, I'm going to introduce a little bit of like the philosophical underpinnings of Apoch Yoga, um, and I look forward to doing that more as we explore this this new format of the class where we're going to do a little bit of philosophy and then we're going to actually do some yoga together Vaya is going to guide us um, and then uh shavasana right all right let's hear it for shavasana coming up and then uh meditation so we see it as really a way to sort of a restorative experience not literally restorative yoga but a restorative experience for all of us to just take time to be together in the sangha to move and to breathe and to, to be together in sort of a unique way. Um, Babaji thought it was a good idea for us, you know, to work on that together. So I wanted to start uh, with a quote from Babaji, and it's a little bit of a longer quote, so I'm going to need some help reading it. Omkari, are you available to read this quote for us? Thanks. Think of the breath as a vehicle rather than a jackhammer. Often students use the breath too strongly. You will not be using the breath to cut the rock open. Instead, the breath is a vehicle that you are riding on and you are consciously feeling it move through the chakras or at least to experience where they are. For example, when you take a breath in, you can feel the heart chakra. You do not try to tear and rip it open with willfulness. The breath is like a massage. And as you exhale, you surrender all the negativity that gets kicked up. When students are able to be open and simple with their breath, they realize that watching the breath is not the same as trying to control it. The pranayama within the breath is simply flowing with the breath. Thanks so much, Amkari. So it's a little bit longer quote, but it really does all revolve around one very simple concept that's right there at the beginning. Um, we tend to use the tools of our practice more like jackhammers uh, to cut through our tension sort of from the outside in, and that this is not a very productive method of, of, our, of our technique. And so in this example, Babaji is talking about the breath, Hijaya, and we tend to use it from the outside in to sort of cut through our tension. Similarly, um, this can this can be a, a pitfall for all of us when we're in our yoga postures as well. So trying to like almost change something, change the tightness of a muscle, change how we feel uh, from the perspective of our will. But instead, in this quote from Babaji, we're taught to use our attention, to use our awareness 
So actually try to get in touch with the flow of the breath. So we're not using our awareness to like change the breath too much. Of course, there are techniques that you use, but that's not the whole point. We're using our awareness to actually and these techniques to find our flow again, to move naturally, so to speak, with the body, with the breath. And then the tensions naturally fall away, right? Revealing uh, a state inside of you that is pure being, pure consciousness, and pure bliss that's radiating there all the time. As Anji commented last week in her presentation, it can be um, very difficult to go right from a very challenging day straight into your meditation. You know, maybe you're sick, maybe it's just really hard at work, maybe your physical body is in a great and it can almost feel like you're trying to like climb up a 10-foot wall. It's just, just sliding down and it just doesn't feel productive. And as we talked about last week and we're going to work with today, um, you don't have to just climb up a flat 10-foot wall. A yoga tradition has placed 10 one-foot steps right next to that wall that you can literally walk up almost effortlessly. Everywhere we look in the yogic tradition, we see a step-by-step-by-step -by -step -by -step approach. Now, the Upayas have the Anava Upaya, that's the step to the Shakti Upaya, which is the step to the Shambhava Upaya. The Koshas have the physical Kosha, you know, then the Pranic Kosha, and the heart and the mind Kosha, these layers that take us in. Patanjali's eight limbs, you know, have Yoga Asana, Pranayama, working with the senses, working with the mind, it just step-by-steps takes us to our destination. So everywhere we see, everywhere we look, we see a physical level of surrender that sort of guides us naturally, teaches us how to surrender at a more subtle level and then an even subtler level. And so step-by-step -step is how we actually arrive. And it's sort of the point of this class is to help us pull back a little bit and just sort of feel those stepping stones again that are already naturally in place for us in our tradition. So similar to pranayama, yoga shapes us, right? A pranayama gives you a breath technique. It shapes your breath. Yoga, you've got asana, it shapes your body, right? But the techniques uh, or the shapes aren't the goal. We know that. We know that. We, we say that. We hear that. We say that to each other. Um, but we even heard it in the Vigyana Virava, where Shiva was saying, techniques are not the goal. Techniques are just the, the flame to cook, to warm your kettle. Like They are the thing you use to generate inner awareness. Don't stop at the technique. And we know that with awesome. You know, not to stop at just the shape, but honestly, it's a very, it takes practice in my opinion, um, because you know, you feel tightness somewhere like in a muscle and you just want, you just want to work on that tightness. You just want to, okay, I'm going to get rid of that contracted state, contracted feeling in my body. But we, we use our asanas just like you would use a mantra, just like you'd use a pranayama. It's like, you're not going after the thing. You know, you're using the technique to generate more fullness of awareness, more fullness of your experience. The contracted muscle or the contracted thing that you're experiencing, it becomes the fuel that actually 
sort of fuels this whole mechanism, right? And so we're not trying to like pound away. We know that, but it's just good to see it from this bigger perspective. We're not trying to rip away, or as Baba just said in the quote, to rip at our heart to open it. We're trying to just get in the flow to use the breath to allow the heart to open naturally. And so that's why it pays to have a, a teacher, you know, when a bias, you know, when I wear a bias class each week, you know, or tonight. Um, you know, you can really, if you're listening to the cues, you'll see they all revolve around this concept in uh, a sort of a specific way, guiding us to work with our bodies with surrender. So eventually, oh, and as Babaji said at the end of his quote, says controlling the breath is not the same as watching or flowing with the breath. So that again, is just a callback to how we can work with our bodies in asana practice. Controlling the body is not really the same thing that we're going for that provides this uh, ex deeper experience of surrender within the body. Learning to flow with the body, learning to watch and work with the body, that sort of takes us down this path. And so the experience of surrender, you know, we seek in our postures, is available to us, and Patanjali actually put it pretty clearly. He said it should feel like effortless effort. And then another one that I really love that he said is perseverance without tension. And if we practice in this way, which does require practice, Patanjali said it takes us beyond the dualities of physical existence, and it actually helps experience helps us experience the infinite and guides us naturally to the breath, to stilling the mind, to opening the heart. And so with that, you know, we're gonna move into our asana practice and just let yourself uh, explore it, possibly with a new perspective informed by whether just the context of this class, you know, this time that you set aside to meditate every week as a sangha and letting that inform how you move and see how it works for you tonight. Any comments or questions before we get started? Hi, everybody. Welcome. There will be a little bit of transition here as Satyam adjusts and the camera and all of that. Um, so I know you can't see what's happening around me. Um, some things that may be useful as we explore the practice of yoga without doership are a blanket underneath you. In a moment, you'll see I have a blanket spread out over my yoga mat. And I love this because you can't push too hard in a pose when you have that more slippery surface of a blanket. The yoga mat is grippy and it can kind of allow you to traction and tension, but the yoga blanket doesn't allow for that. Um, an additional blanket might be handy for your knees um, when we're in tabletop. So um, if you know that your joints appreciate that, or actually let's all do it if we have an additional blanket because um, it's just nice to take care of our joints, even if they're not yelling at you, they'll appreciate it. Um, and finally, I don't even know if we'll make it to standing, <laughs> but in case we do, as we practice without any doership, it will be nice to have a chair. Um, and if you have a strap, it could be fun for our Shavasana, but it's not essential. So take your time, two blankets, chair, strap, um, or whatever you've got is just fine. And then 
once you're prepared, we will be beginning reclined if your body is able. Um, and so you can just turn to the right and eventually melt down to your surface. Take your time. Let this be a part of the process. And when you find your way to whatever your relaxed position is, close the eyes if it feels comfortable for you. And start to scan the body. It's possible to be here without any effort, but it might take a little bit of time. You might notice some gripping somewhere in the body or in the mind or in the breath. And see if you can relax and soften and be here completely effortlessly or be in whatever your position is. And notice as the body becomes more still, how you can become more aware of the breath. And if you can breathe through the nose, I recommend that. And observe the breath just as you would in meditation without altering it or forcing it, just with a gentle curiosity. And we'll just take a few breaths to let everything in our body release as is possible in this moment. And if I ever cue something that doesn't feel right in your body or makes you hold your breath, please ignore me, move at your own pace and move in a way that feels delightful. Everything should feel really great today. And if it doesn't, then find a new path for yourself. And before we begin moving, just visualize yourself moving a little bit. Maybe at first it's just your fingers and toes wiggling in your visualization. Maybe you're rolling a little bit. Maybe you magically are on your feet because imagination's awesome and you're doing Virabhadrasana too. And you can still feel the effortlessness of your resting Shavasana coupled with this shape of the body balancing on feet and lengthening upright. And play with visualizing a couple of poses in your mind and trying to feel that possibility that you can do them with this magic of effortless effort, that right effort where Nothing is overworking. There's an evenness and a buoyancy through the body. And then you can release that visualization. And we'll gently begin to move by snow angeling the arms 
first wide and then maybe slightly up and notice as you do that if there's any gripping in the shoulders or tightness in the neck and give yourself permission to not reach as hard and try to release that and find the the sweetness that you had in your shavasana and then pause and let go completely and just notice what your tendency was did you overdo it that's okay there's no judgment we're learning about our bodies we're learning about our minds see if you can take this opportunity to release the grip and then start to point through the feet and reach through the arms and try to find an evenness through the body as if every cell was working together and not one cell was doing extra work. So there's no tension anywhere, but there's a spaciousness through the whole body. And then release that and glide one heel in at a time, planting the soles of the feet to the earth. Start to reach the hands down towards the heels and relax the palms face down. Imagine jumping with the feet Take a couple of jumps to bounce the feet and let them land so that they start to position themselves naturally and you don't really have to think about where they're going. And the next time they land, pause there, bring the hands to the pelvis and ever so gently and very, very slowly start to rock the pelvis forward and back. Keep the big toes anchored and try to feel how the rocking of the pelvis impacts the spine above it, as well as the musculature in the legs below. You don't have to change anything as long as this feels comfortable, but try to observe the whole body. Don't go to your end range here. Let the tilts be really gentle. And then actually get, let them become smaller and smaller until you can find the place where the spine is very long without flattening. And so if the pelvis is tipped forward, the low back arches extra. If the pelvis is tipped back, the low back flattens. There's a sweet spot in the middle where the spine is long and maintains its natural curves. And when I find that place, I can actually lengthen through the back of my neck and feel space all the way up through the crown of my head. I'll take a couple more moments to find that spaciousness. And then feel the positioning of the pelvis and the spine here. And we're going to try to maintain this positioning as we add the gentlest amount of weight, like less than you ever could imagine. I'll tell you how to do that. Release your arms back down, maintaining neutral pelvis and spine. And then with an exhale, keep the arms touching the mat, but just take the weight out of them. So they just ever so gently hover from the mat. So the arms are down by the sides once again. And then inhale to release the arms into the floor. The exhale takes the weight out of the arms. And then the inhale, everything gets heavy and releases into the floor. And start to notice how this gentle um, action of unweighting the arms turns on your deep core. It's really subtle. When we hear the word core, often we think like, oh, we have to work hard and we have to grip. No, this is just like turning a light on inside. Take a couple more of just unweighting the arms here and see if you can use that strength to 
lengthen through the spine. And then the next time the arms release into the floor, anchor the big toes and start to guide the knees wide towards the fourth toe next to the pinky. And notice how that reaching forward of the knees unweights the pelvis and then drape one vertebra down at a time, melting the spine into the earth as you awaken awareness through each individual vertebra. And once the pelvis lands, we'll play with unweighting the arms once again. So use your exhale, just take the weight out of the arms and notice the deep core awaken. And then the inhale releases the arms down and you can start to reach the knees forward to unweight the pelvis, lifting one vertebra at a time, nice and slow. Doesn't matter how high you lift, check in. Make sure your knees feel spacious. If they don't, the next time you release the pelvis down, you can walk the feet in a little bit or a little bit wider. Let's do one more. The next time the pelvis lands, exhale, take the weight out of the arms and notice what happens in your deep core. And then inhale to float the pelvis. Doesn't matter how high, it might just be an inch or it can be several inches as long as that feels spacious through the ankles, through the knees, through the spine, the neck. The next time you release the spine down, float the arms to T, palms face up. We'll explore that same um, weightlessness of the arms. So feel the arms heavy first on the floor. Make sure the shoulders feel soft. If they don't, it's okay to point the arms down a little bit more. And then same thing as you exhale, take the weight out of the arms. And it's actually a little harder with the arms at T because there's more torque on the core here. So notice that increase in work and then keep the arms unweighted as you start to windshield wiper the legs from side to side. And because the deep core is on, the knees are probably not gonna go as far as you're used to. You might feel the connections up into the pelvis, up into the opposite shoulder. And the next time the knees start to go towards the left, reach the left arm overhead so that you can roll onto the left side of the body. Bring the head onto the bicep or adjust the arm accordingly so there's no strain onto your shoulder and we'll pause on the side lying position and then gently start to melt the spine forward and back it's funny i don't know what happened everyone is facing away from me so maybe when i cued us to lay down um that's okay sorry that you can't see me um we're not doing much here, so you'll be okay. <laughs> so gently start to rock forward and back and let this massage the whole side of the body that's touching the earth, melting away tension on the outside of the thigh, the outside of the hip, the rib cage, the shoulder, and there shouldn't be any pain anywhere. So if anywhere in your body doesn't like this, um, you can play with bending the knees a little bit more, pointing the arm at a different direction. And gently start to push into the front hand, glide the back hand in so you can paw yourself up into a Bharadvajasana side saddle position. If this isn't comfortable for the legs and pelvis, feel free to grab your blanket and prop your hip up 
and just make sure you can relax. My head is about to be cut off. Um, adjust the legs to any angle that feels comfortable. And then just like we did from reclined, play with the pelvis here, rocking the pelvis forward a little bit, rocking the pelvis back until you can find that place that I was describing before where the spine is long. It's not flat, but it's not overarched. And for me, when I find that place, there is a little bit of um, the gentlest amount of work to support and maintain that neutral. Once you found that, we'll load it with the arms. So use an exhale to float the arms effortlessly to the horizon and notice any subtle feeling of brightness in the deep core. Let's try this a couple of times. Inhale, release the arms down and less is more. You only want to go to the horizon. Exhale. Once you get above the horizon, the deep core actually starts to turn off. Take a couple of pulses. You might even want to close the eyes here. Oh, nice. Everyone's moving um, so gracefully. Yeah, see what wakes up. I know the mind is like, I'm not doing anything. But what do you feel on the inside? Ignore the mind and try to feel, try to become present. This very gentle movement in different poses has made me feel so strong and supported and try to discover what's available for you. And the next time the arms float to the horizon, pause there. You can stay there or you can start to explore a side bend in Bharad Vajasana by bringing the right hand to the knee, letting the left side of the body open without losing that brightness. And I find that I usually don't go quite as far, but I feel very spacious. If you feel that spaciousness, breathe into it. Imagine the cells just dissolving, the edges of the skin dissolving, and your inner self radiating out in all directions. And then gently float back up, kick the legs forward. If you're on your blanket, you can move it out of the way, tuck your legs in the other way, and we're actually going to make our way back onto our back. Um, and this is a really glorious moment, so don't miss it. Enjoy it by just starting to melt down towards the floor. And then the bottom arm is going to feed through and you'll very slowly imagine your bones dissolving and you can just start to reach out and spread out, returning to that snow angel position, really soft, really relaxed. And then rest for a moment. And just like we did at the very beginning, try to release any tension in the body. Close the mouth, let the breath be natural. Perhaps you're able to feel the heart beating as you tune into your inner landscape. And then reach the hands down towards the feet, glide one heel in at a time. Take a moment to find your neutral pelvis. If you need to put your fingers on the pelvis to do that, you're welcome to. And then replace the hands at the floor. Take a couple of breaths to feel neutral pelvis and spine, and then start to anchor the big toes, reach the knees wide. That helps turn on a spiral of strength up from the big toe all the way to the outer hip. 
And this time, as we release down, imagine the sacrum like a leaf floating on a gust of wind. Let it gently sway from side to side as long as that feels okay on your knees. And let the sacrum eventually sway all the way down to the earth. And enjoy that moment of stillness when the sacrum lands. Make any adjustments with the feet and the arms so you can be here for a moment relaxing completely let the feet walk a little wider knock the knees in it's a little easier to relax in that position and just be content in your skin then notice if your awareness can start to sink beneath the surface towards the core of the heart Palms face up, float the arms to T, point the knees up, make sure pelvis and spine are neutral. Use your exhale to unweight your arms. It's really subtle, but notice what turns on in your core and then release the arms. Do this a couple of times on your own. And as that deep strength awakens, see if you can use it to create more space between each vertebra, not with any tension, but it almost naturally happens as you allow it to. The next time the arms unweight, start to windshield wiper the legs. And again, notice how the deep core integrate the, integrates the legs into the torso. So there's a sense of support, a sense of connection up from the thigh into the hip socket, into the abdominals, into the diaphragm and the opposite shoulder. And the next time the knees, gosh, now we're all on different sides. Um, we're going to be doing a side bend on the second side. For me, my knee, well, for me mirroring, my knees are coming to the right and the right arm is sliding above the head. So if that's your second side, great. If it's not, come to your second side. And then slowly start to melt the body forward and back. And please adjust so you feel supported and there's no tension in your shoulder, no tension in the hips and legs. Move even slower and try to feel that gentle shifting of the weight towards the front edge of the body into the back and Open up to the possibility that you can release all of your tension in this moment. Any physical tension, the sideline of the body supports us with every step we take. So there might be some spots of tension. And if you're able to release that physical tension, imagine you could release an energetic block something you've been carrying around all day, maybe all week. Start to tune into the breath and that sense of spaciousness. Close the eyes if it helps you feel inside the space between the cells. And then we'll eventually be pushing up to Bharadvajasana on the second side, but take your time. Make sure you feel supported here. The next time you rock forward, if it feels right, you can push into that front hand, start to slide the back hand in and gently guide yourself up, enjoying the process as you come upright. 
allow the legs to soften, adjust the angle. Again, we have the option to place the bottom hip on a blanket if that's kinder on your pelvis. And then take a moment to find neutral and really feel what's happening here. Try to feel how the spine adjusts as the pelvis tilts. And then let the movement get smaller and smaller until you can find a place where the spine is really long and hopefully the head feels weightless, even though you've got a very big, smart brain. Once you've found that, relax the arms down, maintain neutral as you exhale and just glide or float the arms up to the horizon. And then inhale, relax everything down. Move at your own pace, exhaling for the arm float and really try to feel what becomes possible at the center of your body. Again, closing the eyes might help you turn, tune into that subtlety. And the next time the arms float, you can stay there or you can add a side bend by releasing, um, for me, left arm to right thigh and then let the whole right side of the body lengthen. Make sure the left side of the body is staying long as well. And as you breathe here, try to feel the spaciousness that's radiating up through your center. Make sure the neck is nice and soft. And then press the right hand down, kick the legs forward once again. And let's pause for a moment in Dandasana. Start to shift the weight from sit bone to sit bone. And if it's not comfortable to sit upright, let your hands come behind you so that you can recline a little bit and lengthen through the spine. Play with reaching out through the heels, really gentle, just letting the legs unfold. And then if the body is craving it, you can allow your posture to become more upright, but make sure that's coming from a craving and not a forcing. Try moving a little bit slower here. Feel the weight shifting from one sit bone to the other. And if it feels right, you can start to add a little sway. Make sure the length is coming from the side body and the arm is just floating naturally. So there's no tension in the top of the shoulder. And then we'll play with a deep core exercise here. Place the soles of the feet to the earth, grab behind the knees, start to rock the weight around on the sits bones. Try to maintain the length in the spine. And then using your exhale, play with floating one arm and notice if you can feel that brightness that we've been cultivating in our different poses, try the other arm. And if that is going well, you can try both arms, but they're twice as heavy, right? So it actually demands more of the body. If that's going well, you can try uh, just unweighting a leg and then the other, and then maybe all four. See how soft you can be here. You don't want to feel a lot in the hip flexors. So try exploring rocking to the side a little bit, rocking back and be really gentle. Can lengthen the legs. And then bring the hands behind you, anchor the feet and 
start to press down into the hands and the feet. Let the front of the body open. Make sure the wrists feel comfortable. The hands can point at any direction that feels supportive. Take a couple of breaths here and let the heart open for a moment. And then roll the knees over to the side and tuck them in for tabletop. If your blanket is nearby, you can place the, knee, the knees on the blanket. And then once you've found tabletop, um, lower one forearm at a time. And start to circle the shoulders around the elbows really, really slowly. And imagine that this circling is waking up all the muscles in the arm, in the shoulders, in the back, and try to feel how the gentle rotation is giving different muscles the opportunity to support you. So you might feel a little bit more on the outside and then the front and then the side and the back and then start to circle the other way. And then let the hips melt to the heels. If that's comfortable, we're going to take a moment of stillness. So if Bhaktasana isn't comfortable, I recommend cat pose instead. So choose whatever would allow you to soften and breathe for a moment. And then wherever you are, start to reach the hips back, push the shins down into the earth so that you can start to unweight the upper body. Then eventually send the hips forward to stack one vertebra at a time, coming up to kneeling. I'm going to go three quarters just so you can see my side and my front. Feel free to follow me in that change if that's more comfortable for you. Shift the weight into the right knee and step the left foot forward in a very short 90-90 lunge. And then walk the left foot over to the left a couple of inches so you have a lot of space for your pelvis. If you need extra support, you can scoot your chair in so that you can use your hand on the chair and bring the hands to the pelvis, just like we've been doing in so many different positions. Take a moment to rock the pelvis forward, rock the pelvis back, and then find that sweet spot in the middle where the tailbone is lengthening down and you can feel the brightness in the deep core. That includes the arches of the feet, the inner thighs, all the way up to the tongue. Relax the arms down, maintain your neutral, and with your exhale, float the arms to the horizon, just like we've been practicing. Inhale, relax them down, and take a couple on your own, and feel what wakes up for you as your arms float to the horizon. You might feel an integration of the thighs into the pelvis, and maybe that strength rides all the way up the spine, to the crown of the head. The next time the arms float, stay there. Press evenly into both legs to slowly lengthen through the front of the body. Keep your arms where they are, but let the space come from the front of the body opening. 
Take a couple of breaths here. See if you can gently wag the tail to ensure you're not going too far, but you're in this like sweet space of suppleness and room to explore. And then come to center, release the hands down and we'll switch sides. So left knee comes in, right leg steps forward and over to the right. Take a moment to find your neutral pelvis. And then once you've found that, you can begin to add in the arms, exhaling to float. And now that the second side is more familiar, start to feel what is possible with the arm float. Notice what brightens in the whole body with that effortless movement of the arms. And basically, each time we float the arms, it almost wants to tip the body off balance. And so our deep, deep core awakens so that we don't fall forward, right? And so that's why we're able to use this to awaken these deep muscles without any doership. The next time the arms float, pause there. You can stay right there. Or if you want to play with spinal extension, press evenly into both feet. Slowly let the front of the body lengthen, push a little extra into the left knee and see if you can feel the length coming from the left thigh, the left hip. It's like the back is barely doing anything. Take a couple of breaths if it feels good. Make sure there's no gripping. Try to press evenly into both feet so the legs are working together. And then very slowly come back up, release the arms to the sides, bring the knee underneath you, bring the hips to the heels and pause for one moment. If this, if it's not comfortable to kneel like this, you can rest in any neutral position. Feel the length of your spine. Feel the fluidity of the breath. And then start to sit the hips over to one side. Um, as long as we have got this chair, I invite you to use it for our Shavasana. You don't have to. You can come into any resting pose or any Shavasana that you want. Um, if you can grab one. Um, so option to grab your strap. I love to use the strap because then the legs can relax more fully. Um, you can also just take a scarf or anything that would help you bind the thighs together. And so I'm sliding the loop of my strap up above my knees and then tighten it so the legs will relax at about hips distance apart. So they're not squeezing together. And then you can start to scooch towards the chair and lift the legs onto the chair. And Kirtana, if you want a chair, don't worry about um, walking across the camera. <laughs> and then start to recline. I have a cushion on the chair. You definitely want to make sure there's some kind of um, nice feeling underneath the calf. So if you need to grab your second blanket or another pillow or something. If you have extra props nearby, I have my additional blanket. It can be really nice to place the blanket folded over the belly for a nice grounding. And then take a moment to find your neutral pelvis that you've been working for. 
And again, we're not flattening the spine. We're just finding that place where the spine has its natural four curves, not exaggerated. And the hands can rest on the belly or they can rest out to the sides. Just make sure that all the joints feel supported. Close the eyes if that feels comfortable. And notice if it's a little more natural to let go in this moment than it was at the very beginning of our yoga sequence. Notice the body feels more relaxed, if the breath feels more fluid. And we'll rest here for several minutes and then will come up for meditation.
Start to observe your breath. Observe your whole body and try to feel any sense of spaciousness, freedom. And before you move, just visualize yourself effortlessly transitioning to seated that ability to move without any tension. And then when you feel ready, you can start to flow through that pathway as fluidly and effortlessly as possible. Eventually, you can make your way to seated and grab everything you need to be as supported and comfortable as possible, a chair, any props. And imagine you've never found your meditation seat before. Let yourself find it for the first time without assuming you know what your body wants to do. Really try to feel what is available in the hips, in the spine. And just notice, you don't have to change anything at this point, but notice the orientation of your pelvis and spine. And perhaps there's a little more natural brightness after the work that we've done. You can make any adjustments, not from the mind, but from the craving of the body to be as supported as possible. And then let yourself be still. You can find a single gaze point or close the eyes and notice what it feels like to be upright. Notice any sense of lightness or spaciousness that you've revealed with your awareness over the past almost hour. And let the breath gently fill and expand the heart so naturally. It's just what the breath wants to do. You can just observe it. And then as the breath leaves the body, see if you can sink into the center point of the heart. Finding that vast spaciousness that exists between the atoms. Notice if you can completely let the physical body go. It's taken care of. It's 
awake and supporting you. You don't have to do anything. It's just doing its thing with zero energy. And all of that remaining energy can go into your heart. And as gently as you performed all of those movements, try to repeat your mantra that gently. Whatever mantra you usually use, or if you need the suggestion, you can use Om Namah Shivaya. And just assume that you often use too much effort with the mantra. And see if you can let the mantra be so fluid and natural and light, just like your physical practice. If you do notice any distractions, see if you can bring your focus back to the heart by relaxing, by ungripping any of those physical, mental, or energetic tensions. And let the sweetness be what brings you back, the spaciousness.
Keeping your awareness anchored deep within your heart center. You can gently open the eyes and start to take in the space around you. Let both of those worlds merge by bringing the hands together at the heart and feeling connected inside as well as to the world around you. And thank you so much for practicing. Namaste. Mm. So wonderful to practice as a Sangha. Uh, I, I think the plan is to do this kind of class once a month. And I'll just say what I learned from this class is I wish we had way more time for Shavasana and meditation. Um, I'm used to teaching 90 minute classes. So my goal in the future will to be ha to have more of that spaciousness at the end to um, get into our bliss bodies. Um, so hope to see you next time. If you have any questions, I'm happy to stick around. Otherwise have an amazing rest of your evening.